Hello, how is it going? So welcome to episode 99 of the Leo Alves podcast. And in today's podcast episode, I'm going to give you 10 tips as to how you can increase your protein intake. I think this is a very important conversation to have. And the reason why is just because, as you may or may not know, I've been online coaching for a while now. I used to be a personal trainer beforehand for a good few years. And even before that, I was doing internships. So I've had a a good few years under my belt of experience. I would say up to maybe close to 10 years, if you maybe include from when I first walked into the doors of a gym and started working out myself. So, you know, within the last 10 years, I've had many conversations with many different people and a lot of which was me or them asking me for help. And, you know, maybe how they can tweak their nutrition or tweak their twa- uh, training, not twaining, training. So one recurring theme I have noticed throughout the conversations I've had is that many people, potentially yourself included, lack in protein intake. So that's why I want to speak to you about it in today's podcast episode. And this is also a recurring theme I see amongst brand new Keras Online members. So Keras Online members who start with me in their early days, one of the things we instantly notice is that not all, but the majority do lack in protein intake. So again, this is why I wanna make this podcast episode for you. So before I give you the 10 tips, I do think it could be good to speak about what impacts your protein requirements, how much protein do you need, and what happens if you don't consume enough? Because sometimes it could be you know, all well and good hearing you need to consume more protein. And you probably know that as well, but you know what? Sometimes it's even better to know what happens if you don't consume enough or how much you need, you know, just have more specifics. Anyway, so what impacts your protein requirements? That can come down to a variety of reasons, maybe what your goal is, your age, your weight, your activity levels. It's also worth mentioning that your protein requirements will also change throughout your life. For example, a 17 year old Leo will need, or needed, I should say, a very different protein goal compared to Leo today who practices jujitsu in this very moment June 2023 four times a week and goes to the gym on average twice a week compared to a Leo who was very very sedentary 17 years old weighed more so that's just an example and maybe you've got your own goals as well that might require different protein requirement to most people but in this podcast chances are if you're listening to this you want to improve your health and fitness. Maybe you want to gain a little bit of muscle. You want to improve your health. You want to maybe look more toned. You want to make perhaps even lose a little bit of weight. So on that note, it could be good to speak about how much protein do you need. So in ideal circumstances, and I, I say ideal because, you know, sometimes when we start trying to focus on increasing our protein intake, it doesn't happen instantly. Like the first few weeks, it can, you know, not everyone, but Sometimes it can feel a bit tough trying to, you know, figure out what's high in protein, what isn't, et cetera, et cetera. So the first few weeks is a bit of trial and error. And on that note, do give yourself a chance and give your, and, and be patient with yourself. But yeah, if you can hit it straight away, then great. But anyway, I'm going on a bit of a tangent there. What I do want to say is formulas that you can use to work out your protein goal could be about 0.7 to a gram per pound of body weight or a gram per centimeter of height. So aim for either one. Both are fine, both formulas work well, and just go from there. Now, if you have a lot of weight to lose, you feel like you've got a lot of fat to, to, to lose, then you probably wanna go more for the gram per centimeter of height, or you could even go for maybe 0.7 to a gram per pound of your goal body weight. So those are probably potential formulas you would want to look at instead. And uh, otherwise, what happens if you don't consume enough protein? Well, you could experience symptoms like 
slow healing injuries, which isn't really a symptom, but it, uh, is that a symptom? It's something that will happen, let's say. Uh, you, you'll get sick frequently. You'll feel more fatigued than normal. You'll lose muscle mass, depending on how chronically under-consuming protein you are. Uh, you'll see problems with your hair, skin, and nails because protein requires... Uh, it helps all of those things as well. So those are just a, a few things that can happen if you are chronically neglecting your protein intake. And this is something I've also noticed just on a personal level. Sometimes, and this might sound a bit weird to you, but sometimes I've actually looked at someone and just from the quality of their skin, I can see that they are. And this is, I guess, just something that's come from many, the experience of many years of doing this and you know, recurring patterns, but, you know, not always, but often speaking, the quality of someone's skin, I have noticed that when it looks like maybe the skin quality isn't so high, I can tell instantly this person is probably chronically neglecting their protein intake. And then that does often get confirmed by the, uh, the conversations we have. And then even more so that when, once they do increase their protein intake, their skin improves dramatically. And that's something I've noticed. And, you know, this isn't a knock at vegans. I'm on board with it 100%. You know, if you want to be vegan, go for it. But of course, I feel like what you on that note, and I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. I do feel like a lot of people go into being vegan and they're not very knowledgeable around the subject of nutrition. Of course, you can always learn as you do it, but your nutrition is so important and it impacts your health in so many ways that I do think if you are going to go into it, it's your duty to learn about it or whoever is going vegan to, to learn about it too many people go into it and then start living on fries every single day or chips i should say chips i'm from england they they start eating chips every day they start eating like th this is just something i've noticed as well i've been around many vegans and again that was a recurring theme anyway i remember and the reason why that story came to mind about the quality of the skin is i remember there was um when i was studying at the university of vermont in the u.s my friend who's actually now my girlfriend my friend's friend she was a vegan and i remember thinking her, I, I noticed, you know, I, it wasn't something that I really cared about, but I just happened to notice that her skin looked like, I could just see that she doesn't consume much protein, like for sure. You know, obviously there can be other skin conditions, but I was pretty confident that her chronically under-consuming protein due to her being vegan and due to her not being very knowledgeable around the subject of nutri uh, nutrition was definitely contributing to that. And then I remember she done an exchange here in Italy and... She stopped being vegan during her exchange year in Italy and she came back and her skin was glowing. Now, obviously that could be due to a variety of reasons. It might not necessarily be because she was under eating in protein, but I do feel like that could have been one potential reason. So it was just something I happened to notice. And of course, I'm not saying, you know, if, if you are vegan or vegetarian or you know someone who is, that that's automatically going to happen. What I am basically saying is sometimes when you rush into a, or you go into approaches like that and you don't know much about nutrition at all, then it can just be quite detrimental to your health. Of course, you can approach it, you know, vegan and vegetarianism with in very healthy manners, but you have to know what you're doing or you have to know your stuff, in my opinion, at least, unless you don't really care if your health suffers and you are a vegan or a vegetarian who does end up eating fries every single day. Anyway, I, I went way too much of a rabbit hole there. So let's get stuck into the 10 tips as to how you can increase your protein intake. So some of them are gonna be quite straightforward. Others, I will speak about them a bit more. Anyway, tip number one is double your current portion sizes. Sometimes I feel like it's so easy to overcomplicate approaches that we can potentially use when it comes to just our nutrition, 
in various ways, whether it's fiber intake, whether it's fruit and veg, etc. But sometimes you know it's just like if you're struggling with protein and you haven't already doubled your current portion sizes, then do that. So if you're only having 100 grams of chicken breast, start having 200 grams. And you might find that that will make a huge difference. And you might find that you suddenly start hitting your protein goals. So if you haven't tried that option yet, then go for it. Now, I can understand that maybe that's not always going to be easier. Maybe you can't double every single portion size, but at least double a few. And you will find that already your protein goal is going to get easier. So tip number two of how you can increase your protein intake, make sure you have at least 30 grams of protein with each meal. And now the reason why I want to say that is because, you know, having worked with many people, many of my Keras Online members and had conversations with just many people out there, one thing I've noticed is that sometimes when someone starts off, and this could be you included, with the intention of increasing their protein intake, they start their day and they have it in the back of their head. Okay, I need to increase my protein intake today. And this could be you. And then, you know, they go through the morning, eat minimal protein or consume because of, I should say consume because you could drink protein as well. Uh, Consume minimal protein, go through maybe lunch, consume minimal. And then before they know it, it's dinner time. And they've only had about 30 grams so far today. Their protein goal is 120 grams. So they've got 90 grams left, it's dinner time and there's just no way for them to hit it. And then they're just like, oh my gosh, I've got so much catching up to do. I can't hit it. I'm just going to have to do it again tomorrow. And then they're in a bit of a cycle of that. So don't trap yourself in that cycle. What I will say is try and spread it out as much as you can throughout the day. So if you try and aim for at least 30 grams of protein with each meal, then you will find that it starts to get a lot easier as well, rather than just, I guess, procrastinating it for you, just procrastinating it as the day goes on. You just keep putting it off for later. Don't do that. Spread it out as evenly as you can. Or, you know, you don't have to spread it out evenly. Like, just ensure that you're getting at least 30 grams of protein with each meal or close to it. And then again, you know, that's already 90 grams right there. And then maybe from like snacks or drinks that you might be having throughout the day as well, you're easily hitting at least 100 for sure. You see already, that's one way you can get at least 100 grams of protein throughout the day. So point number three, start your day with a high protein breakfast. And I guess this like kind of does tie into point number two, but in a way it's different as well. So the reason why I want to emphasize start your day with a high protein breakfast is because, you know, I don't want to repeat myself where I said many people, potentially yourself included, go throughout the day and continuously procrastinate their protein intake and keep holding it off till they get to the later part and then they realize they haven't eaten much at all. I like to front load protein intake at breakfast, especially. I know I just said consume for at least 30 grams of protein with each meal, but you know what? See if you can get even more in at breakfast because if you can front load most of your protein at breakfast, and this is point number three, by the way, then you have a much easier time throughout the day because you're just setting yourself up for success. You suddenly realize that there's not so much pressure for the rest of the day for you to feel like you have to continuously consume protein. Again, if you're eating a very solid amount at breakfast, even if it's just a protein shake and a piece of fruit, then already that's just gonna help you immensely on the way of hitting your protein goal for the day. So yeah, front load your protein intake at breakfast if possible. And um, and yet again, you'll just find it gets so much easier. And oftentimes when someone struggles with overeating and whether or not this is you, I feel like this could be quite good to speak about. When people struggle with overeating, often it's because they either skip breakfast or 
they just consume no breakfast, uh, no protein at breakfast, and they maybe just have a bowl of cereal. You have to remember, protein is the most filling macronutrient when it between proteins, carbs, and fats. So if you're not consuming any protein at breakfast or very minimal, then you're not going to be full, and you're going to be very hungry again in not that long. Or if you're completely skipping breakfast, then of course you're going to be incredibly hungry by the time lunchtime comes around, and then that's why maybe you, every time lunch comes around, then you just become incredibly hungry as well. So, and then you, that's why you maybe could be struggling with overeating. So that's something to think about as well. So again, if you front load your protein at breakfast, it does get easier. You do feel a lot fuller, fuller and you might find that you start to overeat less throughout the day as well, if that is something you are struggling with. Now, point number four, make a list of your five favorite protein sources. Because knowing your protein sources will be a game changer. And this will help with planning in advance, which is key. So many people, potentially yourself included. So let's, let me start again. Point number five, I don't want to say many people, potentially yourself included. What I want to say is most people who do not plan in advance, they end up struggling. The strong majority, in fact, they end up struggling. Most people, you know, there's the most cliche saying ever, fail to prepare and you prepare to fail. And it's true. And that's something I've noticed from my experience of doing this for many years is that most people who take their fitness journey on the fly and each day as it comes on the fly and they don't plan or prepare or anything, they struggle and it shouldn't be a surprise because you're not planning in advance. You do need to plan in advance. And the reason why I like to have a list of your five favorite protein sources is then because you know what your go-tos are. You're not gonna feel as overwhelmed because there's gonna be less decision fatigue because one thing I've noticed as well is that sometimes you're just like, again, when you're starting out with trying to increase your protein intake, you're like, I don't know what to consume, maybe there's this. Sometimes it feels like there's a hundred options. Other times it feels like there's none at all. So again, if you just have five of your favorite go-to protein sources, and have at least half in the house at all times, then you find it gets a lot easier because again, there's none of that decision fatigue and you know what you're going for. And this doesn't have to be like the same five sources forever. You could maybe switch it up every month or every two months, you know, whatever you feel is best. So yeah, I just find being very aware of your top five sources does make it easier. Anyway, point number five, have a protein snack every day. So every single day, have at least one protein snack, whether it's some beef jerky, tuna, even just eggs or Greek yogurt. Having a protein snack every day will help a lot as well in hitting your protein goal. Because sometimes, again, when we struggle to hit our protein goal, it just could be because, you know, we're snacking on maybe just highly palatable foods that are high in sugar, salt and fat and they're not filling, they're very low in protein. So if you can get at least one high protein snack, then that can obviously help immensely. Uh, Point number six, have protein powder and bars at the handy. Although don't rely on it, of course you want to go for like real food first, but having a protein bar or protein powder at the handy can, it can only be a good thing because put it like this, sometimes people like to say, oh, I just want to get it from real foods. Like that's it. But Protein powder is just a convenient source of protein. That is it. Nothing more, nothing less. I think people are just overcomplicating protein powder, overthinking it way too much. Look, put it like this. Say like you get home, it's 10 p.m. It's been a long day at work. You're exhausted, you're tired. You're still 30 grams away from your protein goal. The last thing you wanna do is start cooking a whole chicken breast. Like you just, you can't be bothered for that because you know, with the preparing and then the cooking and then eating, maybe that whole process might take like a good 20, 25 minutes. And as I said, you're already exhausted as it is. So instead you just have a quick protein shake. Takes you 30 seconds to scoop into your shaker cup. 
And then it maybe takes, I don't know, depending on how much you're having, maybe one or two or three minutes to drink it. So you see the difference in that. Like it's just a lot more convenient. Or put it like this, say like you're going to the gym, you don't have time to really eat after, but you want something high in protein once you finish your workout. Instead of you carrying chicken breast in your, or steak in your gym bag, which is a bit, you know, might, might stink it up a bit, you know, just have a, a protein shake, fill it up with protein powder. And then with the water at the water fountain within the gym, then you can fill it up and you know, you've got convenient source there. So again, as you can see, it's a very convenient source of protein and it can be a game changer. Now, I do hear some people, maybe this, I was gonna say this could maybe have been an older version of yourself. Maybe, you know, people who still think like this now that they say protein powder is like steroids. It is not like steroids. Again, like I said, it's just a convenient source of protein. And whoever is telling you that about protein powder, I'm sure they mean well, but never ever go to them for fitness advice because they have no idea what they are speaking about. Now, point number seven, and I should have mentioned this was in no particular order, by the way. It's not like going from best to worst or worst to best. This is in no particular order, but point number seven is you could come up with like go-to meals or snacks that are high in protein as well that are going to make hitting your goals easier because sometimes it's also easy to start overthinking again what we're going to consume, how we're going to consume it. Whereas if you have like go-to meals or snacks that you know you can have that's high in protein, then it also helps with the decision fatigue. So maybe like omelets, you know, load them up with protein sources, whether it's maybe some sort of meats like ham, maybe cheese even though they are, you know, they can be high in fat as well, but you know, they are protein sources too, to, to an extent, depending, I guess, on the brands. Uh, stir fries, obviously it's got noodles in, but you know, you can load it up with chicken or beef and then there's smoothies as well. So you can get maybe frozen berries from the supermarket and then put, pro, pro, put, put, I don't know why that was so hard to say, then put protein powder into your smoothie and that helps a lot. And you're, and you're getting like part of your five a day from the frozen berries as well for the smoothie so you're hitting you're killing two is it killing two birds at once or hit something like that so you're basically you're ticking two boxes at once i want to say instead of uh, me butchering the saying so yeah omelets stir fries and smoothies can be a great go-to and you know come up with your your own versions of um, high protein meals or snacks Anyway, point number eight prioritize leaner cuts of meats and the reason why i say that is because sometimes you could feel like you're doing everything right. You know, you're consuming a protein source with every single meal, which is actually another point. Make sure you consume a protein source with every single meal, which I didn't feel like I needed to say because if you're consuming at least 30 grams of protein with every meal, which was point number two, then you would be consuming a protein source with every meal. But yeah, sometimes you, you might feel like you're doing everything right. You're consuming a protein source with every meal. You've been making it a higher priority, but you still find that you're struggling to get close to your protein goal once you've also once you've almost maxed out your calorie goal for example so you don't know what to do maybe in that scenario chances are you might just be consuming too many fatty versions of meat and now this isn't to say that you should never eat fattier sources of meat like you know steak and salmon or fatty fish come to mind beef but if that's the only thing you're consuming, then yes, you're going to have a harder time. So you do want leaner sources at least sometimes. So tuna, chicken breast, turkey, for example. And then point number nine is vary your sources so you don't get bored. Because sometimes you can find a routine that works well for you and then you keep doing it and then you keep doing it and then you keep doing it. And then eventually you get bored of it, but you don't really know anything like any other go-to meals or sources that could work for you. So that's also why I mentioned point number four about make your 
a list of your five favorite protein sources because then you can always mix things up. So if you're maybe finding that you're having shrimp a lot, I don't know why that came to mind, but yeah, let's say you're having shrimp a lot and you're getting bored of it and you want to have something else. Maybe you want to have some sort of other seafood. Then yeah, you could just vary it, change it up. It's okay because, you know, sometimes if we just change things up every time to time, it can keep things exciting again and it it can keep us wanting to be consistent. Now, don't get me wrong. Repetitiveness can work very well for some people. And if that's true, then great. Ignore point number nine. But if you feel like you are someone who does need to change it up like time to time just to keep it interesting, then yeah, make sure you just vary up maybe maybe even once a week like if you are someone who is having consistently the same type of meal throughout the week maybe every week or every two weeks just maybe change it to something different if that's what you want and then point number 10 and this might feel quite random but i do feel like it's something i have heard consistently enough to the point where i do feel like it's mentioned uh, worth mentioning is nuts peanuts peanut butter they are not a good source of protein i don't know how these still get pushed those protein sources but they are not yes they have some protein in them but they are absolutely not worth the amount of calories for the amount of protein it gives you now i don't want to give specific figures because i might butcher it and i can't remember from the top of my head and i didn't check before this but just know that the calorie amount for the amount of protein it gives you in return it's just not worth it google this now if you can just so you can double check this. But from the top of my head, it might be something like 300 calories for like 15 grams of protein. Again, I could be wrong. And you know, it is going to vary from brand to brand for, and I'm speaking about peanut butter right now, but that's not something I would call a protein source. It's a good fat source. I will say that it's got healthy fats in it. You know, the peanuts and the nuts, especially, and then the peanut butter, depending on how it was made. If it was, if it's all natural, yes, then it's got healthy fats in, but It's not a good protein source. So if you are using peanuts, peanut butter, nuts, cashews, these to hit your protein goal and and then you're struggling, then I'm not surprised because don't let that make up the main chunk of you getting to your protein goal. Otherwise, you're you're gonna have a hard time. But similar to what I was saying about the leaner cuts of meat in a way. So otherwise, that is pretty much it for the 10 sources of, or 10 tips as to how you can increase your protein intake, I should say. I do want to mention as well is that you don't have to include every single point I just mentioned, because I don't want you to listen to this podcast and then you think, Leo, like they were helpful tips, but it's impossible for me to start doing all 10. Like that's overwhelming. And to that, I say, yeah, you don't have to include all 10 off the bat. Like that would be tough. If I was you, I would just pick maybe half, maybe four, three, four, five tips. And even just by implementing three or four or five different tips that I mentioned throughout this podcast episode, you are going to find that you're going to have a much easier time with your protein intake. So again, you don't have to include every single one because that could be overwhelming, but do pick at least a few, turn around and be as consistent as possible with them. And like I said at the start of this podcast episode, when you do try to consciously increase your protein intake for the first time, it can be tough for some people, if you get it straight away, amazing. But if you find you're finding it tough, that's okay. It's normal. It's part of the process. Keep going. Keep doing your best. Keep being consistent with it because with time, you do find that it starts to get much easier. You find a routine that works for you. You find go-to foods that work for you that you enjoy the taste of. And before you know it, you're consistently getting in at least 100 grams every single day. And it's going to help you make immense progress, especially with your muscle gain or your fat loss or whatever your goal might be, or just your general well-being for life. Because again, protein is very important for just health. Otherwise, yeah, that was pretty much it. Again, that was in no particular order. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Otherwise, take care 
and I'll see you around. Have a lovely day. That wraps it up for another episode of the Leo Alves podcast. I do hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you did, then please do consider sharing it with your friends, family, group chat, or even anyone else who you know could be interested in listening to that episode. Otherwise, if you haven't already, then please do leave a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening to this on. And remember, all the relevant links, such as the inquiry form to potentially become a Keros Online member, my social media handles, a free fat loss guide, and a free workout plan are all also found in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. Otherwise, take care and I'll see you around.